following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Yeah, buddy, you're listening to the Functional Sportsaholic on the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. It's another Friday fun day. You're listening to Sean and Sam. Sam, what's going on, dude? What up, bro? Not much, not much. So we are in installment five of what we like to call the Sports Talk Revolution, or as the French like to call it, Le Revolution. Hey, Sam, you know uh, you know what they say Kevin McAllister is called in French, right? Les compétents. But you know, I think the I think the French dropped the S. Not that I have a really great French accent, but you know, for whatever that's I mean, worth. I was mediocre in Spanish in high school, and yeah, so. Yeah, I, I, I was know. mediocre in a lot of things. You know, is well, say- I, I, you know, um, you know, fun fact: my mom was a Spanish teacher, <laughs> and uh, I cheated my way through uh, <laughs> high school Spanish. Although I, I would say I was pretty smart about it because. Mm. I never wanted to get A's because I felt like that would give it away. But I had all the worksheets, all the tests and stuff right. at my house. you know. So I was like, well, no one's really going to believe the fact that I'm going to come through and just ace Spanish. Right. You know, um, and it right. would it would look weird. And so I, I just, you know, low B's, high C's, both, you know, <laughs> Spanish A and Spanish B. No one ever said anything. I finally told my mom I cheated all the way through. And she's probably know. like, yeah, of course. She was like, yeah, I knew. Yeah, see. See. See, senor. See, senor. Yeah, I cheated my way through chemistry class. Um, and I wish I hadn't because, like, in retrospect, I would have loved to go to college and have a better understanding of science. But I just, you know, as a 15-, 16-year-old, whatever I was when I was taking chemistry, I think that was sophomore year, I had no interest in science. Like I had no interest in like, you know, all the, all the shit, like all the, the compounds. And I still, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to even tell you about it now. <laughs> That's, I mean, I don't even think I made it through the first chapter. I had a, I had a cheating thing with, uh, with Steve Lupert, which I probably shouldn't say is his name because I think he's a teacher now. So I had a cheating thing with, we'll call him Steve. Um, how about loop? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll say Steve Loop, um, and I gave him all the answers to world history, uh, and he gave me all the answers to the chemistry test. Um, and we actually had teachers like stand right next to us and watch us cheat, but they never called us on anything. And I think that goes to show you how invested some of these teachers are in our success. But I guess when you're <laughs> a jerk to them for for weeks and you know you blatantly don't care, why why should they? Well, yeah, and not that we're going to make this a whole thing about cheating and school <laughs> and all this stuff. But this is a sports show, yeah. It is It is a sports show. However, um, when, <laughs> I, when I was in college, I, uh, I, um, I had just started going to um, this college, and I was really bad at biology. I was terrible, terrible. Mm-hmm. I was playing basketball at the time, so we had to take early classes, um, and so the only people in my class were like these really smart nerds that wanted to get up at 7:30 in the morning and take <laughs> biology. So my teacher, she like loved me even though I failed every single test. Every single <laughs> test. She loved me. I was like, "All right, 
there's no way I would meet with her and try to do extra stuff. And she's like, Oh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I, I failed every single test failed every single, I was terrible. I got an A in the fucking class. <laughs> and, and my girlfriend and my girlfriend at the time legit thought I was sleeping with the teacher. Well, I mean, who can, yeah. I mean, I, I would jump to that conclusion as well. Right. But I, I didn't, but you know, Hey, an A's and hey, baby. Hey, man, kill him with kindness. See what happens, you know. Yay! Yeah. Um, so again, let's. This is a sports talk show. It's not a cheating in class or, or getting, <laughs> you know, un, undeserved A's in your class. But uh, if you can tell, we kind of just like to kind of circle the wagons and, and have a conversation. Uh, it's a conversation we want our listeners to be part of. Uh, we are no BS. We are no hot takes. If I can sum the show up in two words, I'd say they'd be authentic and fun. If Sam could sum the show up in two words, it would be authentic and what? Sexy? What's another word? Um, sizzling. Sizzling. Sizzler. Yeah, man. There you go. Rough, rugged, and raw. <laughs> well, that's three words. Well, I'm I'm going with it, man. Yeah, you're <laughs> going with it. <laughs> going with it. That's cool. All right, so uh, today we're, we have a really good show today. We have some NBA Finals, of course, to talk about. Uh, last week, I coined the uh, the series moniker, the Cleveland LeBrons versus the Western Conference All-Star Team. Uh, Sam and I didn't really, we weren't really high on the Cavaliers' chances. We still are not. Um, drama in Philly, in basketball, and off the field in football. So we have some, <laughs> some I'm sorry, this is just so stupid, it makes me laugh. We have some fake, uh, fake accounts. Uh, with Colangelo, we'll get into it in a bit. We have Trump uninviting the Eagles, even though there was only one person that was even confirmed. Uh, you know, he's he's did a save the face uninviting. We have some Major League Baseball. We're going to bring on my friend Eric, authority in all things baseball. He is the only person under the age of 60 I know that covers baseball. So we're going to bring him on. He's going to bring us all up to speed. We're about a third of the way through the season. The NFL is in minicamp, uh, so we'll just see where this conversation goes. But uh, now is about the time we would usually do the rant. And last week, I'll be honest, I, I, I visited Disney. Uh, I was in, I was back in my homeland, 407, the Orlando. I visited Sam in person. Uh, like I said, I, I took my wife and my daughter to Disney. It was a good time. It kind of put me in a, in a calm and relaxed mood. So Sam carried the weight on the rant last week. This week, I got nothing. Um, but I will say I drove back. I had to drive because I, I went to Orlando. Part of the trip was for me to pick up some furniture I inherited from my grandfather. It was some stuff of, uh, of sentimental value. I rented a car. I drove the stuff back up to keep it safe. But I'll say, Sam, so I dropped my wife and daughter off at the airport at maybe like 5 in the morning. And I it planned on trying to get to around Bowling Green, which it's about a 10-hour, 11-hour drive. And I figured, you know, that, that would be pretty easy. I'd probably get there around 4 five o'clock, give or take. And I just flew. And I did I wasn't driving crazy fast, but there was just nobody on the road. And so, you know, every time I got to a big city, I got to Bowling Green, I thought, eh, you know, maybe I'll go to Indianapolis. And I got to Indianapolis, I was like, well, shoot, maybe I'll get to uh to northwest Indiana. And by the time I was there, I was an hour away. So I figured screw it. Let's just, let's just get there. So I set the all time record for driving for me. Um, I think that was 17 to 18 hours of driving. It was over 1,200 miles. 
Uh, my previous record was when I was a young guy coming back, moving back from California, San Antonio to Orlando. But Sam, what's your longest drive, man? Um, Orlando to New York, which I've done twice. And that's uh, upstate, straight. right? That's like far New York, isn't straight. it? Great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, upstate New York. It's, it, you know, if you, uh, if you look on a map or you do it on your phone, it says about 24 hours. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a, it's a full day. And I, I I've, I've done the drive four times. I've done it twice, um, straight. When I was much younger, when I was about 18, 19, I, di- I did it straight. Um, were you popping I, I amphetamines? Not... What were you, how did you drive that Yeah, long? I mean, yeah, coke and then punching myself in the face. Um, <laughs> you know. But literally, I would start to see, like, hallucinations on the side of the road. Like, one time I was about maybe 25 minutes from the lake house that I was going to. And I, I kept seeing Fonzie on the side of the road with his really? like, yeah, like, Hey, <laughs> like I kept seeing him with this stub out. Like he was hitchhiking, but doing the, Hey, and I was like, Oh shit, man, <laughs> I need to get there. <laughs> I'm losing it. <laughs> now, when you said you were taking Coke, but that, that wasn't taking Coke. That was drinking Coke. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I would, I would stop and <laughs> and, uh, well, and by the second time in, this is going to date myself and some, maybe some of our younger audience won't, won't remember that we used to have to like print out map quests. Oh, right. Yeah. Directions yeah. or, or get a, uh, what did they call those things? A, a, was it Atlas? Um, no. What were those little maps? Like, yeah, no, I think it was just a map and you go to like, uh, what was it? Um, triple a, and they would print you out the, yeah. And like you used to have to really pay attention because <laughs> yeah, if you missed your exit, like you weren't gonna know. You didn't have Siri yelling at you to, to you know, please go to the route. No, you know, I remember like, when when you, we you used to it, drive. You missed it. Yeah, and we used to drive to Philly and DC. Like, I'll yeah, when I had Redskins there, season but. tickets back when back when Redskins and I were still hot and heavy before the now complicated relationship that I have with Redskins that I keep talking about. But uh, yeah, I remember what we made that drive two or three times and I had the, I had the printout and I was like a navigator in the cockpit back then. Like I was just like flipping, it would be stapled. I'd have like notes and stuff. But if we went off that map, we were screwed. And this is like, (laughs) I mean, this is like 2004. It wasn't like super long ago, but yeah, it just goes to show you, man, how, how fast the world changes. So that drive up, I, I have one beef. This is this isn't a full rant. This is a mini rant. Well, dude, the Florida drivers suck. I moved away from Florida in two thousand nine, and I know that they were bad drivers. But I have never seen so many slow pieces of shit in the left lane. <laughs> They're going five miles under the speed limit on the highway. Drives me freaking crazy. And so like I but. You know, part of me, like, I know I'm going to have to deal with it. It's like, it's, seriously, as soon as you cross that border, as soon as you're past Valdosta moving south um, yeah. on uh, I-75, you just have people in the left lane that are going under the speed limit. It's it's unlike any other state. And I've driven in every single state in this country. I have never come across traffic that's just as bad. And then you get, like, the old people that want to go slow, but then you, there's a lot of college towns there. So then you get a mixture of these people are going five miles under and like 20 to 30 miles over the speed limit, yeah. just like weaving in and out. It's like a minefield getting through there. But anyway, so like I get through, you know, I, I'm passing, you know, of course I have to pass these people on the right because they're going slow and I get through 
and I'm in, you know, it, I probably get rid of the Florida license plates, all these slow drivers, probably midway through Georgia on my way north. And I don't have another issue throughout the entire drive, except I'm halfway through Indiana. The same thing happens. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I look down, wouldn't you know, it's a Florida license plate. <laughs> so anyway, why don't we actually talk sports on the show? How does that sound to you, Sam? <laughs> Sounds great, man. Sounds good. Okay, so we are going to buzz in my buddy, Eric. So, Eric, congratulations. You are our first guest, and uh, and we give a nickname to generally the people on the show. I know you and I had some had some thoughts earlier, and I th- believe that we've settled on the baseball llama. Does that sound good to you? That works for me, man. There you go. <laughs> so, so for all our listeners, Eric is probably the authority in, in Major League Baseball. I think if I dare say that in terms of predicting outcomes and what will happen, who will make the playoffs, um, he's always an early buyer. He always knows the teams that are going to pop. Um, I would say that his ability to to predict is is probably superior even to my ability to to predict the NFL and the NBA. So, and especially even the NBA, or I'm sorry, especially the NFL. I, uh, I've had a lot of success. So I thought Eric would be good. We're about 30, uh, 30%. We're about a third of the way through the major league baseball season. So baseball llama, man, what are your early impressions this year? It's, uh, <clears throat> it's been an interesting season. Um, one thing I'm kind of noticing going into this point is you're starting to see some earlier trades. And while most years you're looking at a lot of t- times you have, um, teams that are running away with it or some clear favorites, some obvious teams that are going to dominate. And then you have one or two teams that kind of make that play at the deadline, pick up the player, make the difference and kind of push into the playoffs. Whereas this year you've got a lot of teams that are kind of hanging around a lot of surprise teams. And it might be where you're actually expecting, or you're going to have to have that team make the big play to put them over the top where normally you'd see guys um, not be necessary to do it. So uh, this is this is an interesting thing, and I think this is probably more of a topical topical comment. So Eric and I both played baseball our entire lives, and actually we we furthered our, our, our baseball careers. I should say we, we sidestepped, and we had one hell of a softball beer league team. Actually, Sam even moonlit on that team, but uh, <laughs> Sam and I had one of our one of our – Actually, back then in our teenage years, we had a lot of fight. <laughs> we weren't we weren't the best of friends in our teenage years, and and Sam got a little pissy because I, I put him on the bench, um, and I didn't give him proper notice, so he didn't <laughs> want to come out of the huddle. He didn't want to answer the bell, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's that's accurate. Yeah, that's accurate story. No, what happened is is our teams back then, Eric. You'll you'll know this very well. Back then, a softball team full of 18, 19 year old guys, they just can't stand up to the beer guts. And, you know, these guys come out in these 30 years and now we're we're well in our 30s. And I know Eric's team in, in Florida is cleaning up down there now. They're yeah, they always dominate. Eric's team still dominating. I know, man. It's like I missed it as soon as I moved. Like I, I put up some of my some of my best years and then I moved to Chicago and then you, you load the team with a, a few more people. And it's like you, you get the beer guts, man, and, and they just put the ball over the fence. You can't stop them. Yeah. Oh, well, it's funny about our team this year is actually it's a lot of the same type of guys we would have had at, you know, the 18 when we were in there yeah. and, um, and in, that, in those years when we were playing. And we're all kind of still the same size. I don't think any of us has gotten any bigger, any stronger. It's that old man strength, though. It's old man it strength. It is. Well, 
And it's learning how to play the game, where to put it, how to do the things that you want. And it's not trying to go up there and hit a home run every time for a lot of guys. <laughs> yeah. I know I could never hit one in my life anyway. I'm a, you know, hit it down the line, um, up the middle, and just kind of run it out kind of guy. Whereas, you know, back in the day, we tried to get everyone to hit home runs and just did not work out one bit for us. You know, my dad is 66 years old, and he plays on a senior league team still to this day. <laughs> he And he wears, like, I... It, I swear he he'll he'll wear because I think his first game back it was a couple years maybe two three years ago he started playing again and he tore both of his hamstrings in his first game <laughs> I shouldn't laugh about it because it, it ended <laughs> up turning into Robdo so basically it's like it's a weightlifters uh, situation that you get it and your kidneys start to shut down when you have muscle pulls to that extent and it, you start to like like pee black like you're like he he almost he almost like legitimate he almost died. But um, now he'll just wear endless supplies of sleeves. So I opened the trunk of his car when I was down in Florida uh, last week. And he has, you know, full, um, he has, I think, three or four different sleeves for each part of his leg. So he's got an upper thigh sleeve, he's got a calf sleeve, and he's got a knee brace for all legs. And I say, Dad, why don't you just wear tights? Why don't you just get a nice pair of compression tights instead of loading up like you're going to go... You know, fight to the death in the movie Gladiator or something, but <laughs> I think there's just some some romanticism to wearing all those wearing all those uh, pieces of apparel. <laughs> He's got a Spider-Man suit. He is, but you know, going back to what Eric said, my dad still to this day just hits the ball up the middle every time, and he legs out he legs out doubles. And it's easy because, like, all the left fielders are, like, 80 and 90 years old, but, you know, he's just <laughs> feasting on the competition. He's loving it, but he's doing great. That's, yeah, I remember he actually came out there with us, uh, I think it was your last season playing with us regularly before he moved out there, and I think your mom was ready to kill him because we pulled him out of the stands, we were short a guy. No, man, he can play. I'd still put him in the lineup, I'd have no problem other than, you know, as long as Absolutely. he can, as long as oh, he's so wearing you... his sleeves, I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. So you'll play, you'll play him, but you pull me out of the lineup. And then hey, hey, play. you know what, my dad produces, you gotta give him that. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you know what, it's like when we, we, Sam, when we used to play in the schoolyard, we used to play basketball. Basketball's not my best. I got that jump shot. I'm fingers Malone for a reason. I can can hit that jumper, but I have no instincts for when to cut. And Sam would just always be shouting at me, cut, cut to the effing basket, cut, cut. And I'm like, I don't even know what you mean. I didn't even know what the word cut meant back then. I'm like, "What, what are you talking about, man? I don't understand the nomenclature, bro. But anyway. All right, so actually, let's let's actually talk baseball. Sam and I have been getting derailed all day. This is what happens when I have coffee before a show. Um, all right, so Eric, you know, I, I, I'm looking at the standings, right? And the thing that that sticks out to me is is Seattle. I'm shocked that they're winning the division, and you know, Houston's up there, and I'm sure Houston will stay up there all season. But what's going on with Seattle, dude? Uh, it's big time pitching. They've got uh, James Paxton, who's been unreal, um, and just timely hitting. They're not lighting up the scoreboard offensively, but they're getting the hits kind of when they need them, and the pitching is just keeping them right there you know, until someone can come up with a big hit. So it's it's been an interesting year for them. I'm not sold that they can really kind of make it last and hold off Houston. Um, I think they'll be in there in the mix towards the end for a wild card, but I can I really don't see them holding off the Angels um, or, you know, obviously Houston at this point. Yeah, I mean, Houston's built to last, as we know. Um, Seattle, it seems like they're probably going to need to make a deal at the deadline to, you know, to keep that energy and going. I, but do they have the farm system? Do they have anybody that, you know, that they can trade to make that kind of move to compete now? I don't think they have the, um, they don't have the prospects to go out and get 
that big bat, which they probably need to put him over the top. They can't go get a Manny Machado. They can't go get a Josh right. Donaldson. Um, they Their GM makes far too many trades to where they don't have a lot going through the system. They've got a couple of guys that are top-heavy, but I don't think they're going to go out and say, hey, we're going to send our best prospects for a rental. They're not right. at that point um, where they're close enough where they know that they can hang with Boston and New York and um, and Houston. Sure. Sure. So what's, uh, you know, obviously Cleveland's leading the central right now. Um, the Tigers are kind of hanging in there, but really to me, the, the, the way it's looking, obviously the Yankees are going to be there. I, I think, I, I, and I think you agree, Eric, I think that Houston's probably going to take the West, but you have the Angels hanging around. We're going to see if, if the Mariners can survive and keep this pace up. But to me, it looks like a three-team race for the wild card. It looks like you know the best of the Yankees and Angels and Mariners to me. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty accurate. I think you're going to have a slugfest in the East with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Right. Um, but Boston has the better pitching staff, I think, um, and it'll hold them off. Um, leaving the Yankees to definitely get one of those wild card spots where I think it'll come down to uh, to really the Angels and Mariners. And possibly, I think, uh, you're going to see Minnesota make a play um, for something to boost their pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Really kind of take them to where they can either challenge in the central or at least be hanging around there and fighting for that wild card. So I wouldn't write Minnesota off at all. Their offense is actually quite impressive. Um, a lot of guys there that can really keep that team in games. Sure. And, and you're right. I shouldn't have said that it's the Yankees. It's the winner of the Yankees um, Red Sox, I guess, rivalry. The, one of those two teams is going to take the division, I think, safely. And and I'm actually looking and I see Tampa is in third at 13 and a half games behind. Um, and and my Orioles, uh, I don't even want to talk about them. It's so depressing. That franchise sucks. Uh, well, they're basically the uh, the Browns of Major League Baseball. And that's uh, that's something. Yeah. You're, you're saying something in a, you know, in a league that has the Marlins. Well, at least they've won something in the modern era. I don't remember it. I was one the last time they won a World Series. It's been more pain than anything, but uh, yeah. Uh, moving over to the National League. So we have the Nationals, the Brewers, the Diamondbacks leading the division. Now, the, the Diamondbacks have been had been making moves to get younger for a while. Um, it looks like they're, I, they're breaking through this year. How do you see the West shaking out? I still think it's the Dodgers. They were kind of laying in the weeds and, you know, fighting through – Tons of injuries. They lost Seager for the year. Kershaw's missed more games than not. Um, so, you know, Urias is out with a lot of the guys that they have coming back bit by bit, and they're already hanging tough. I think it's going to be the Dodgers division. Uh, Diamondbacks will definitely be in play um, for a wild card. I don't, you know, I would definitely see them getting a hold of one of those spots, but they're going to have to hold off St. Louis. They're going to have to hold off either the Brewers or the Cubs, depending on who takes that division. You're going to have to hold off Atlanta, who seems to be for real, um, or the Nationals, if the Braves can actually kind of hang tough and, and, and overtake them. You know, and it seems to me like the Cubs, maybe the the Cardinals, you know, these teams that have been there before, I, th- I would put the, uh, the Dodgers, but like you said, they've, they've been dealing with some injuries, so I don't want to, you know, categorize them unfairly. But there are some teams out there that almost seem like, they're in cruise control, maybe like the Warriors in, in the NBA. It's like, you know, they're, they're kind of in cruise control, and then they hit the all-star break, and they start turning it on. Uh, the Dodgers, I think they're one and a half out of the division. Uh, looks like the Cubs are one and a half out. You had mentioned the Cardinals. They're three out of their division lead, but they're just lurking. 
Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, as far as the Cubs are concerned, I don't think the Cardinals were. I just think they had some underperformance going on. They've, um, you know, their rotations dealt with some injuries with Wainwright gone. Reyes has been out all year. He came back for one start, and now he's gone again. Um, but yeah, the Cubs, I, I think they they drive me nuts more than than a lot of teams because they should be out there just destroying people left and right. Right. Um, they keep running Hayward out there. Um, and it pains me to say that because growing up a Braves fan, I rooted for him before he left right. or before they traded him, I should say. He just he never seems to quite put it all together. And he's he's great defensively, but offensively, he's kind of a hindrance. They have other guys that should be out there, right. you know, carrying him a little more. You know, I've never been super enthused by Madden. I think that he almost managed the Cubs out of their World Series win. And, and, and I had a. Uh, I had a rant, I think, two weeks ago, uh, I think it was ep- episode three, when I was talking about the 538 article where, where they said the Rockets were going to beat the Warriors. And, you know, Madden, and, and I talked about um, the Dodgers manual, his uh, Dodgers manager, his name is escaping me. What was it, Eric? Uh, Roberts. Yeah, Dave Roberts. Roberts. And last year, I, I and I, you and I were talking about this to no end, it, I, it drives me nuts to manage by spreadsheet. You know, if you get a computer printout of, of how to manage the game, you're not doing your job. Just have a stat button there. Have have an intern go out and just execute the spreadsheet for crying out loud. And Madden is, is kind of goofy. You know, he plays analytics. And I think that works, you know, to some degree. But, you know, he just goes a little bit crazy with, with some of this stuff. So, you know, we'll talk about that later in the season. I'm sure stuff will manifest itself and I'll have a better opportunity uh, and we, we can talk a long time about that, but um, moving forward to the divisions, you know, the one team that was popping early and it, they're coming back to earth a little bit is Philadelphia. What are you, what are your thoughts on the Phillies? Uh, well, that actually plays right into what you were just talking about with Madden, whereas he kind of, he plays some feel for baseball. He has, you know, that knowledge out there, but he also does bring in the analytics. Whereas you get to Philadelphia and you have Gabe Kapler as a manager and he is just, so far beyond analytics, it's it's bordering on the you know insanity. Um, he's got I think two guys following him around with clipboards that have every scenario possible just drawn out. <laughs> and okay, if this guy does this, we're going to do this. If this guy does that, we're going to do this. If Freeman hits a double, we're going to do this to the next guy. They have every single thing lined out, and he just goes right by it. And it's it's baffling to me because for a guy who's got that much analytics, I'll watch them, and a lot of what I've seen is they're putting on these just, I mean, major shifts where you've got only oh, just, yeah. uh, you've got the third baseman playing kind of closer to the second base bag on the short side, shortstop side, and everyone else on the right, and they're pitching away to the hitters. So like a left-handed hitter, they're pitching away. <laughs> Goobers. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, it seemed, Whatever it was, it seemed to be working for a little while. Um their offense is is not strong enough to carry them um, at this point. I don't think their pitching is young, but it's really good. I just they'll hang around. Um, I don't think that they'll make the playoffs this year, but they're not far off. They're going to be in the mix, and they're going to be battling with Atlanta, um, you know, for years to come. I think for that division. Okay. So quickly to sum up, it sounds like, you know, for the Bali Lama is putting his seal of approval on the Red Sox and Yankees, uh, maybe the Mariners, but it, it, what, what are your thoughts? What do you think the, the wild card teams are going to be in the East? Or I should, sorry, the American League. Um, I think right now you're going to look at the Yankees and the Angels. Um, 
the Angels have a lot of star power. They've finally got someone behind Trout with Otani, and I just I see them kind of putting it together. They've got some good pitching, some good young pitching, and it's it's coming together for them well. I don't think they'll get the division, but they'll definitely be in there, and, and they'll be ready to duke it out with the Yankees in that wild card. And who's going who's gonna to challenge Cleveland? Do you think Minnesota can reasonably do it this year, or do you think Cleveland's going to walk out in the Central? I don't think Cleveland's put it together yet. Um, they they can't seem to get it all on one page, so if that happens, they should be able to run away with it. But Minnesota is going to be right there. They've got the offense um, and the pitching. They've got Santana coming back soon. Berrios, as soon as that kid you know puts it all together, he's going to be one of the top guys in the league. Um, he shows flashes. He'll come out there and, and dominate, and then he'll kind of hang around and just show average stuff the next week. So they're an interesting team. If they go out and they make a play for a, a good, um, you know, two or three pitcher, you know, mid-rotation guy, potentially front line, you're not going to get an ace. There are no aces available, but if they can get themselves a good pitcher to keep them around, I, I think they'll have a good chance to challenge Cleveland. Um, Cleveland should be able to hold them off, but it would not surprise me one bit if, if Minnesota came back. This is why I like having the baseball llama on. So you have him putting some chips on the table for Minnesota, a 26-31 and 31 team at the moment, uh, to knock off the Cleveland Indians who have uh, who've put together some postseason runs, uh, famously the loss to the Cubs a couple years ago. So, And I'll tell you, again, for our listeners, we, we call him the baseball llama for a, while, for a reason. I mean, he is one with the universe when it comes to baseball. Uh, he is... Always pulling teams out, always pulling the, the potential, the up-and-comers out there. So, everybody, don't sleep on the Twins. But, Eric, if you had to make a choice today, who do you think is going to come out of the American League? Who's going to represent them in the World Series? Um, I think it's easily Boston at this point. They're just – they're heads above the rest, of the, the rest of the league at this point. Offensively, they can just – they're relentless. Um, their pitching can be gotten to um, – I think if if they're as smart as they should be, Pomeranz is going to the pen when he comes back from the disabled list, and they're going to leave Steven Wright in there because he's looked really good in the, in the work that he's gotten done this year. He just went out and had a great start last night getting into the rotation finally. I think that'll kind of put them you know, over the top, and they've got enough um, enough firepower in the minor leagues to go out and get another pitcher to really kind of solidify that staff if they need to. Nice, nice. Now, on the National League side... Uh, who do you see winning divisions? Who do you think is going to be in the wild card? Um, I think it's definitely out west. You got uh, the Dodgers taking that. I think the Cubs will put it together with a second half run in the Central. <clears throat> and then, you know, I think the Nationals will pull it off in the end as much as it hurts me to say it. Um, and then I think the wild card, I think you're going to see the Braves hang on and, and take one of those spots. And I, and I just think you're going to see um, – Milwaukee hold on and surprise a few people. Really? It's going to get better as they go on. They've got some guys that should be coming back from injury as well. Um, they're not scared to make a move to get, you know, a big-time player, and I think they're going to be in that wild card against Atlanta. Interesting, interesting. So who do you think is going to represent the National League in the World Series? Um, well, you know, I'll be honest. I think uh, it's going to surprise some people. I think the Brewers are going to come out of it. Holy I moly. really do. I think they can. I think they can make a run. Um, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Atlanta is is a team that they're never out of a game. They score. I think they've got the most runs in baseball uh, from the seventh inning on. They're never out of it. So it really wouldn't surprise me to see a team like that 
um, just kind of shock people and keep coming back. Um, the Brewers, you know, if they can get some guys going, I really just see that team is just, you kind of underestimate them and they're, they're that forgotten team. They're hanging out. They're keeping the Cubs at bay. They're keeping the Cardinals at bay. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. If they're not already, I should say being in first place. The baseball llama is doubling down on the Midwest. I cannot believe it. So Minnesota and Milwaukee, two M cities in the middle of the country. Eric, baseball llama. And I tell you, I don't, I don't ever bet against anything you say, man. I, I, I believe it. So all these people interested in, uh, in Vegas, why don't you, why don't you throw, it's worth a five. It's worth a five bucks on the, uh, on the World Series odds right now. So you have, let's just say, okay, let's, let's be firm on this. Let's say you think Milwaukee versus Boston. Is that a Boston going to run away with the World Series? Yeah, I think Boston's got it. Yeah. Um, definitely. At this point, yeah, they've got probably, I hate to say the best player in the American League because that would easily be Trout in most cases, but right. Betts, um, when he's healthy, is is unreal. They've got J.D. Martinez hitting behind him, which kind of makes it that much better. Um, the offense is is ridiculous, and they're probably the only offense out there that can hang with Houston on a just-keep-scoring basis. Um so, yeah, I, I don't think the Brewers are going to be able to quite hang there. Um, there's not a lot of teams that should be able to hold them down. But it'll be an interesting one. I, I, that would be uh, kind of a David and Goliath World Series, but mm-hmm. I just I don't quite see the Brewers being able to pull that one out. Sure, sure. All right, well, I think uh, that about sums it up. You got any parting shots, Eric? Anything that we should be looking out for for the rest of the year? I think it's going to be a wild trade deadline. I really do. Um, I, well, I should say leading up to it, I think you're going to see a lot earlier trades than normal. <laughs> um, things are starting to fall. I think I just saw that the uh, Diamondbacks acquired John Jay, a much smaller trade, but you're going to start to see things earlier happen earlier than normal. Um, and then you know, you'll see some big some big guns going like Machado. Um, I don't yeah. think you'll see Donaldson go because he hasn't been a productive and they're not going to get what they want for him. But you'll see some big guys, some big names going, and it'll really change the dynamic, which could obviously throw off half of what I've said here. Yeah, so Sam, in an earlier episode, Sam and I talk about how we, you know, we grew up rooting for the magic, and you can never underestimate how the magic can screw up their franchise. <laughs> and you mentioned Manchado. I have the the misfortune of rooting for yet another team that can't get it right. If there's a team that would be able to screw up the Machado sweepstakes. It's Baltimore. It would not shock me if they somehow managed to to keep to keep him and get nothing back. So oh, they already screwed up. They screwed up last year when <laughs> they didn't trade yep. up at yep. the deadline, and they should, or at least shopped in the offseason. They screwed that up a long time ago. Yeah, they should have sold off at the deadline last year or in this offseason um, to trade him to trade Adam Jones. They need to rebuild. That team does not have enough. They never have because they've never focused right. on the pitching staff. They missed their opportunity because they're going to lose a lot of guys that could have brought back something. And, you know, no one's going to go out there and give them their top three, four prospects for Machado as good as he is for, you know, three months. Yep. You know, so they missed the boat on that big time. Yep. So, Eric, man, thanks a lot. You brought the fire today. Um, If you need a replacement player, just remember Sam is just a short drive away. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Nah, man, I, I, reti- I, I retired uh, in 2000. He's retired? <laughs> All right. All, All right, right well, I can also give your dad a, give your dad a buzz. 
Yeah, that's true. My dad's also, he's a similar drive away. He'll, he'll be available. He'll suit up. Just give him an extra right. half hour to put all of his equipment on. Of course. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks. All right, Sam. So next item up for discussion, and I, la- I laugh because it just drives me nuts how stupid. I-, I always thought that dumb social media was exclusive to our generation and, and the generations below. But as we're finding out in Philadelphia, stupidity is not monopolized by the young. So uh, Brian Calandrolo in, in Philadelphia has some really weird shit going on. You want to you want to just go into it, Sam? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, supposedly either him or his wife, or maybe it was a tandem effort, um, basically had uh, burner Twitter accounts that they were just going on there and basically <laughs> kind of bashing their own players <laughs> and, and bashing the former, um, you know, GM, Hanky and all that stuff and saying, well, Colangelo never gets credit. He never gets credit. And, you know, I just looked something up and they said, you know, uh, 76ers are basically sticking with them that he had no knowledge of the uh, of the accounts. You know, know. I'm okay. The whole thing's ridiculous, but I think Philadelphia is sticking with them. You know, I I give them a pass on that one um, for a couple of reasons. One is. I mean, is this in Philadelphia? I can't think of anything else. Is this is his his first kind of hot water there? Yeah, in Philadelphia. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he he's never you know he's he's never been great. Um, you know, he's kind of ridden the coattails of his of his dad a little bit, but uh, yeah, he's never had any trouble or anything. Never. Yeah. Maybe, I don't bl- I don't blame them for sticking with them. They got a good thing going. Yeah. Um, this was just stupid, you know, stuff and distraction that didn't really need to come to the team after a great season. It's just it's really idiotic. <laughs> the whole thing is stupid. It's like uh, Durant came out a, a couple years before. Was it just after he went to Golden State, or was it just before when he had? No, his... it was after. Yeah, this was last year. Durant had the burner account, but he accidentally responded because he thought he was on his burner account, but he was on his actual. <laughs> he was on his actual account. Oh, Which, as goodness. a player, like I mean, that makes more sense than um, a GM going on there and like you know talking talking shit about his players like talking yeah i don't understand what the upside is there is he trying is it is it like a, a ploy to try to keep their contract values down or something like what would yeah, that even I be don't about know. i don't know and if i'm a player man that, that's the only reason yeah. why i would get pissy i'd be like the fuck dude like yeah you're with my money like, right yeah and like do you do you have anything else to do like right. obviously you're not busy enough right like i'll give him, i'll give him some shit to do man because you know, I'm I got balls to the wall all day long. Like this guy's got time to play around on five different Twitter accounts. But. Yeah, this it's it's bizarre. I, I wonder, like, I, I I struggle with figuring out what's going on in his head. Maybe because he's been in his father's shadow for so long, maybe he feels the need to prop himself up or or something. But coming out and dogging like Embiid on your Twitter account, like. How dumb could you be? I, 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 he's, I don't know, man. I don't know. After, after, after you had the 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 third best record in the East, and you had a you had a great season. 
Like, yeah, exceeded expectations. Totally. And the guy, he just looks weird. You know, he <laughs> he looks like he has a lot more going on than burner uh, Twitter accounts. But I mean, you know, hey, maybe he likes to have some fun online. We all we all have, we're all guilty of that sometimes. Yeah, I know. I remember the only time that I can think of that I was part of a fake persona online. <laughs> was when we were the original catfishers. So we had a buddy. We, we talk about this guy. We'll bring him on eventually. In fact, he's a soccer guy. We might have him on next week if he's available to talk some World Cup because that starts next week. But uh, we bring on our friend, and, and we rag on our friend quite a bit, Gooch Givens. Um, Gooch used to come in from out of town. So he went to West Point. He's the officer in the military we were talking about with the whole national anthem commentary last week and the week before. But, but Gooch would come in in our college years. He'd come home, um, you know, West Point, very demanding. Um, you know, he'd come back. He'd be a little stressed out. He'd wanted to blow off steam. And, and Sam and I and, and our old friend, who we won't mention anymore because he's not really much of a friend, uh, we would clear our schedules. Well, at least Sam and I would. We would clear our schedules to hang out. And Gooch would come home, and he'd be like, yeah, 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 let's hang out all weekend. And so we would go over to his house and he'd be like, oh, I'm going to try to hang out with, you know, so-and-so. And it was always some some girl from high school that was, you know, not that this matters, but was kind of like a nobody in high school. And he was trying to mack on these really obscure ex-high school girls, like when we were like, you know, late teens, early 20s and stuff. And Sam would be like, who? Like, who are you yeah, going to like, see? Yeah, Lainey Boggs. All, uh, <laughs> or she's all that. Yeah. Uh, out there. Hey yeah, man, I tell you to... what, Lainey Boggs in any other high school would have, would have been one of the popular girls. Yeah, for sure. No I mean, they she was hot. Uh, yeah, they didn't pick an ugly enough girl, but yeah, he would try to Lainey Boggs some girl while we were like, oh dude, I thought we were hanging out like the whole weekend. <laughs> like, no, you're going to go find some rando that you had chemistry class with. Yeah, right. Cool. Speaking of uh, She's All That, You've had some Twitter back and forth with Freddie Prince Jr., haven't you? Yeah, I love Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, me too. I confess. Don and I are uh, we are card carrying members to the Freddie Prince Jr. fan club. Um, long time, long time members, and uh, yeah, he he's a he's a good follow and a and a good friend on Twitter, and you know, hopefully we'll get him on one of these days. Yeah, one of these days. Little, we... he's he's got a great sports movie. Oh yeah. Uh, Summer One catch, all time best summer catch. Um, so we'll definitely have to get him on. But I don't know if you want to finish up that that uh, story you were on about Gooch. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so Gooch. So eventually, you know, Gooch would come to town and he he blow us off. And he did this for what? Maybe a, like you know, you come home. What I think he come home three times a year. Uh, about yeah. so he probably did this yeah. for a full year. And so finally, Sam, Sam and I were just like, you know what, let's just create um, a fake Internet account and say we're a girl. Um, let's pick the most random girl we can think of from high school. We'll, we'll, pre- we'll pretend we're her and we'll set up a date for Brian to hang out on like a Saturday night. And then on top of that, now this is where it's important and this is where we're actually OK and we're not jerks. We also, Sam and I, uh, set up a, a hangout, a bro night for that same Saturday. So we double booked, we double booked Brian knowing full, I'm sorry. We double booked Gooch knowing full well that he was going to ditch us. And sure enough, uh, it comes, it comes to that point. Um, 
and uh, and and he says that no, I, you know, we show up at his house. He's like, oh, hey, by the way, I, I got to dip out at like eleven. I'm I'm gonna meet up with so and so. And we're like, um, I don't know about that. And we unveiled. What was the reaction? We I can't printed, even remember. We printed. We printed everything out. <laughs> it was about. It was about three, three, four months worth of, you know, basically, cyber sex. <laughs> <laughs> that this guy uh that this guy parts yeah i remember uh, we were i remember to, you were you off. were typing in rap lyrics from something and then yeah we would, uh, like, get, like, ludicrous luda, yeah ludicrous supplied all my um all my <laughs> cyber sex uh you know <laughs> and, yeah. and he he probably loved it he loved oh, it man, he, he was so into it he was so yeah I mean, we were we were early on the catfishing game. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, geez. And yeah, I mean, he's a sucker. So now I would never do this to anybody else. And like I said, this was the one time I ever did that. Um, yeah. And telling the story, I kind of I'm not sure if if our listeners will uh, relate to us, but I, I once again I must affirm that we were right to do this. Um, yeah, we were. He was always a heel about about women. Yeah, one vice, you know, he used to blow us off all the all the time, time. and it's not all even that he would blow us like, off. Like it's one thing to say, "Hey, man, I have I have plans," you know, I can't, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be hanging out with this girl. It's that we would hang out, and we would show up at his house, and as soon as we got there, he'd be like, "Hey, I'm leaving. I'll see you guys the next time I'm in town." And we like Sam and I would end up hanging out with his parents. Yeah. So anyway, his parents are still to this day cooler than he is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, he used to do that all the time. Like, all right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go, but I'm going to take a separate car because I'm going to go meet up <laughs> with Lainey Boggs. Yeah. And it's like, all right, bro, we're going to we're going we're gonna to get you. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. One of these days we got to get him on. Sam, like get- it's to the point like I remember, Sam, when you first started, uh, you know, tweeting him, I think he thought that we were trolling him, like, you know, like really dryly trolling him. But we're like, no, 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 really. I mean, like we're – Summer Catch is good. The I know what you did last summer. Now, this is, doesn't make us sound the most masculine, which I'm comfortable with. I don't care. It's a new world. But – Yeah. I mean, greatness is greatness. Hey, man. And we we grew up, you know, we grew up on those movies. Those, yeah. A lot of those movies – came out like in our wheelhouse yeah you know the uh she's all that um yeah basically between like junior year of high school and like maybe like the last year of college i mean it was like the generational movies he was in a a, a big percentage of them yeah and he you know he played uh yeah so i think he did think we were goofing on him for a little bit and then you know i was throwing out some really good facts and i think he was like oh hold up (laughs) and you know especially summer cats you know that's that's definitely one of my favorites. And, yeah, oh yeah. You know, I tried to organize a Ryan Dunn night um, with the Chatham A's. <laughs> I remember that. That was good. That was good. I, I, you got a bite. Um, no, it was the Batavia Muck Dogs, right? The Batavia Muck Dogs, who yeah. we actually played for in the movie right before he got called up to the uh, Phillies. <laughs> um, the, the Batavia Muck Dogs were all about it. Yeah, they man. Were, yeah, they they contacted me and they were like, "Yeah, let's make this happen." Yeah, we couldn't get and, we, we couldn't and, get buy-in from the prince, but we'll get him. No, we'll get prince him. prince was good, but I think he was like, "Yeah, okay." You know, I think if we could get the Chatham A's and yeah. maybe we can get some momentum with this, I feel like there should be a Ryan Dunn night, Ryan Dunn, you know, uh, bobbleheads, jerseys. Um, that 
they're kind of screwing up by not, uh, you know. Yeah, maybe we'll more. maybe we'll be able to set something up a, a functional sportsaholic. Um, sponsored. A live pod. Yeah, a live, a live pod, pod with the Prince you know. um, in Chatham. Um, we'll see. Wow. You're talking dreams, brother. Wow. Spelt the same backwards and front. Full circle. If we could just get Jesse Beal there, we'd be all right. We'll see, man. We were talking about Timberlake. Uh, You went to the concert recently. It was another, maybe the second episode or something. Um, You Mm -hmm. know, she she has a good thing going with Justin Timberlake, but my goodness, what a specimen. (laughs) Specimen. What a specimen. She she has the best personality. That's what I'm talking about. She is. She is an unbelievable personality. Unbelievable Um, personality. Love her. Lover, I, I yeah, I do, I do. I love my wife more. I want to make that clear, but uh, I mean, that's a good thing. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. All right. Um. So next bit, so we have the finals again. You know, probably won't talk about this too much today. It's, it's going about is as, uh, as Sam and I thought it would. So yeah, I will say it's a it's a bummer. That game one was a bummer. Um. You know, there there was a J.R. Smith thing. There was some officiating thing. Yeah. To me, there there's a lot made about that uh, block no block call on LeBron. To me, that was. You know, when Sam, when you and I were going up, that was a no whistle. You know, yeah. that's that's the biggest travesty is to me is that there isn't even a whistle on the play. It was so bang, bang. I say let them play. But, you know, to to make the call, then go back and review and overturn it, man, that was super weak. But what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Sam? Yeah. They, you know, it's just it's it's bitch ball these days, man. They. Yeah. You know, that that's just one you 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 let them keep playing. Um and that was a game that the Cavs really probably should have won. Yeah. Um, and no one's happier at J.R. Smith's screw up than George Hill, who missed the oh gosh the free throw. Yeah. Um, that was like know, the Nick no Anderson one... versus the Rockets situation, except he didn't get he didn't have four and he hit his first one right. So it's not right. But yeah, yeah. But if he had if he had hit that, you know, they probably. You know, who knows? Yeah, who, who knows? knows? I, I had a, I had a, and who knows, right? This is my feeling. Who gives a crap? But I had a feeling that Golden State was gonna, gonna win that game if he hit that free throw. I think they were gonna win regardless. But yeah. that said, I think that LeBron would have won the game if he had gotten the ball in his hands. And again, this is definitely. all. It, yeah, if he had went to the basket, definitely. Yeah. So I mean, it's a bummer. It, it, what bums me out. I think more than anything is, you know, the, the constant, the constant LeBron in the finals argument, um, you know, it, people are saying, Oh, like, look, I, I was watching, um, listening to coward this week and coward was like, Oh, you, if you put LeBron up in the finals against all time greats, you know, it's a ding on his legacy and so on and so forth. And, you know, I get it. Yeah. If you're looking on paper, what, what the records are, you, you can make that point, but you have to remember that no, I don't think, a team this bad has ever been on the finals has ever been in the finals, except for maybe um, the last Cleveland team that LeBron, like in his first stint with Cleveland, you know, yeah. those are, they're probably the two worst teams to ever make the finals. Um, I, yeah. It's basically, it's basically LeBron and, you know, obviously they're NBA players, so they're, they're not bums. And I hate when people are like, Oh, yeah. you know, he's got no help. Well, in you know, relative to his his play in the the team that they're playing against, you know the the Warriors have far superior players, and LeBron is having to basically carry a load. Um, and yeah, I feel like they're just they're really they they really miss Kyrie. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was just thinking that you know if Kyrie 
hadn't left, they could very well be up 2-1. I think the Warriors were, win- were winning game two regardless, but right. especially yeah, if I they did the lose this. Series. Yeah, I would think they would win the series regardless. But, really? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, I just think, you know, but you have a Kyrie out there. You at least. Oh, you're saying that you you, you think the Warriors would have won the series regardless? Yeah, regardless yeah. if yeah. they had Kyrie or not. I just don't think, I Agreed. don't think this yep. year's Cavs team has, has enough. Um, and their bench, they really don't have enough to, to compete with the Warriors. Um, but, yeah, they, they really miss. They really miss a Kyrie, a, another playmaker. Um, LeBron is basically, you know, he's surrounded by a bunch of shooters. And right now they're they're not really knocking him down. You know, Kyle Korver's had a ton of good looks. And he's had a really, really tough time trying to find the, the basket. Um, Kevin yeah, I Love think... has played okay. Um, but J.R. Smith, you know, he's streaky. George Hill played okay. Um, they're getting no production from their bench Tristan Thompson is one of the worst NBA basketball players I've ever seen yeah and LeBron uh, got him for a contract the, for the, yeah for the contract and whatever they're stupid they gave him that money I never yep. never hate on guys for getting money because the team the team's the one that signed them um but you know Steph Curry has more uh, rebounds in this in in this series than he does um, and that's remarkable for almost right. a seven footer who spends most of his time under the basket, how, how you can't pull down more rebounds than a six, two guard. I just, that plays beyond a guy that the guy that sits at the three point line. I just didn't, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I have to say, you know, I, I'm going to stick with my initial inclination. I, I suspect you will as well. I don't think this game or this series goes, goes beyond five games. I just don't see it happening. No, I think the Warriors want to win it. They don't want to win it in Cleveland anyways. Yeah. Um, they they want to go straight to Vegas afterwards. <laughs> no, this is dead. This is dead serious. I have heard like some inside rumblings that they they don't want to go party at Morton's Steakhouse in downtown right. Cleveland. They want right. to go straight from Oracle to Vegas, which is a really short plane ride. Um and that's where they want to do it up. They don't want to. They don't want to do it up in uh, in Cleveland. That's a level of confidence um, that reminds me of Mayweather versus uh, McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like, eh, you know, I'll I'll finish the fight when I feel like finishing the fight. Like I feel like um, Mayweather probably had uh, some of his buddies put some money down on a specific round and then just peppered them. You know, peppered McGregor. Oh, that's, absolutely. Yeah, and that's kind of what that's kind of what I think um I think Curry and, and the Warriors, Curry and the Western Conference All Stars also also known as the Northern California AAU NBA team. But uh yeah. They're Yeah, they just can't slip up too much. They gotta win one of these games and then finish it off at home. Yep. Yep. But you got LeBron on the other side, so you know, uh, he's gonna he's gonna make it challenging. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. All right, um, so over to the NFL, but still, um, or moving back, I should say, because we just talked finals. Moving back to Philly, so a little bit of NFL news. I mean, we're in mini camps; not a ton is going on, uh, but there is a little bit of drama. Trump has disinvited or uninvited uh, the Eagles from their White House visit. But I, I was reading something. The only person 
I think that it committed was was Nick Foles. I, I don't know if they had any other commits. So Trump did his, his typical thing where he just kind of beat the story or tried to beat the story anyway and, and uninvited the Eagles before anything would, would embarrass him, which, I, I frankly, I can't fault Trump for. I mean, you got to do something if, if you're the first – First White House, the first president to to have to be blanked, to have no shows. Um, um, at least that I'm aware of. Yeah, and we don't. We're not going to try to get too political on yeah. the show. But um, what an embarrassment! Yeah, like, like the fact that you know um, teams just don't. They don't even want to go. Like they're like, nah, we're good. You know. Yeah. Um, which I feel like it's kind of a stupid um ceremonial thing to do anyways yeah but you know it's one of those things that they've kept doing and it's tradition and all that but you know you like you can't get one team to come yeah it, like and yeah it's just it's very strange it's very strange so yeah <laughs> it is on. it is definitely definitely bordering on bizarre you know if i got and i agree with you you know the the white house and all that stuff like do we do the sports teams really need the visit it really is just about um tradition at this point but you know if i got if i got the invitation would i go probably not I, would you go at this point no i no i wouldn't go yeah i, I mean i don't really even see, i mean even just like talking about like you know thankfully I've had a fortunate enough life to where I've been able to, um, and my family's from the DC area originally. And so I've been to the white house. Like I've been in the white house. I've done the tour and stuff as an, as an athlete, like why do I want to burn an afternoon sitting at a press conference? You know, like I'd rather. Yes. Yeah. And especially now where you basically then just have to ask, you're just going to get asked questions about Trump. Yeah. You know, it, it's not even it, about it, the celebration anymore. It's yeah, about it, it, the whole yeah. Thing. Now it's such a it's a such a divisional thing that yeah. You know, like well, if these players go and these players don't go, like who's supporting who and who's yeah. not supporting who? Yeah, and that's I a remember, great point. Yeah, like, and I remember when you know I remember when George Bush was in there, and I think a couple guys didn't go from a certain team or whatever, but it was. It was like just a blip on the radar or whatever. But now it's such a divisional thing that like, oh, well, this guy's going to go and this guy's not going to go. And, you know, you basically uh, Malcolm Jenkins stood at his locker today and didn't talk, but just held up a bunch of uh, cue cards, basically, um, you know, kind of doing a silent protest. That's kind of just a big F you to Trump and right. the whole thing. And it, it's just it's so divisional and. You know, he I get he had to do what he had to do, but it's just it's so, so comical when you saw a picture of him and uh, Kim Kardashian and it like if you would have seen that picture like like six years ago, you would have thought it was for a TV show. Right. You know, like those two in the Oval Office is just very strange. Like <laughs> what, what, what's going on? You would have thought it was like like just some kind of either dumb like SNL skit or right. like, you know, um, yeah, it's just very strange. Yeah. And I, I think I mentioned on the show, but I have to, for business, I have to travel to Europe every now and then. And 
I will, the one thing I will say is that these types of things, well, the, the sensationalism is very America. You know, the, the, right. the Trump, the ex-reality star, he's kind of a self-promoter. And I will say one thing for Trump is he, he really knows how to brand and he knows how to create a narrative. Um, he does that extre- oh, yeah. extremely well. You have to give credit where credit's due. But, you know, it the... The kind of the polarizing political um, stuff. You have Brexit going on. You have you know the the England basically um, the UK getting out of of the European Union. That's causing some turmoil. Um, you have France. They, there was a liberal that won the election, but they almost had a super um, far right, even maybe even further right than Donald Trump winning over there. I mean, it's it. it this is not. Um, these are not issues that are only American. We're a little bit more sensationalized, but it's going on everywhere. And it's just kind of a, a weird, a weird world. And it goes back to what Sam and I said in our first couple episodes is this is a, it's a 24 seven world with, you know, with, um, instant information and everybody can just blast their thoughts everywhere. Um, you know, it's just kind of a weird thing um you know it's it's polarizing it's easy to get entrenched in our silo it's easy to only surround ourselves with the opinions we want to hear there's not a lot of give and take anymore but this whole trump thing you know his war with the nfl has been alive since the 80s when he was trying to force the merger with the usfl and the nfl um and some even there was a 30 for 30 on the subject and i think 30 for 30's takeaway was was that trump basically killed the usfl because they were too aggressive in in going towards the nfl but you know i i really think and i think there was some talk about him trying to buy even the buffalo bills um when they were up for sale a couple of years ago he's it's almost like he's been trying to get a piece of the nfl for so long that now he's just trying to get a piece of the nfl you know what i mean like he's he's going right. back and and he's finding ways to uh, to criticize and and frankly, it's furthering his agenda. I mean, he's getting a lot of a lot of play with that with the national anthem that was low hanging fruit for him, and you know, it was easy to criticize, and you know, it, it it was perfect for his base. You know, the criticism, and you know, even I can't fault him for the criticism. I mean, as we said in our national anthem coverage, you know, it, it's tough. That's a tough issue. We can see both sides of it, but yeah, I mean, this this Trump NFL thing, it it's been alive for over twenty years now. It's going to be live for you know, probably as long as he's alive. So, you know, it is what it is. All right. So uh, moving on, I think that's about it for the show. I just want to give a quick update on the Fantasy Football Almanac, the 2018 version. So everything's done. Uh, the writing's done. I'm basically, I'm submitting it. I expect it to be on Amazon. We're going to put it on special, an early bird slash Father's Day special. So it's going to be nice and inexpensive. But just a reminder to everybody, the rankings are a lot better than you're going to find anywhere else. Uh, we have combined next generation statistics. We've created our own algorithms. We've leveraged some of the stuff we do with gold standard sports forecasting. Um, we have applied those and created a game by game matchup by matchup analysis of every player in the NFL. So what that means is Antonio Brown, he's not part of the quote unquote Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver core. Antonio Brown is wide receiver one for the Pittsburgh Steelers going against defensive you know scheme number one for I don't know the Baltimore Ravens whoever they're playing and we have everything mapped out from week one through week 16 uh, because week 17 really doesn't count in NFL <laughs> especially in fantasy so we have we have all of the uh, the points from week one to week 16 mapped out we have all the totals 
Um, we have those super accurate algorithms from Gold Standard Sports Forecasting applied to fantasy. Uh, this will, and we have a draft guide that's really good for anybody who's playing fantasy football for the first time to anybody who, you know, even the experts that play fantasy football and daily fantasy football for financial gain. So we have a good tips and tricks, well worth the money, uh, but we'll see where that's going. Next week, I mentioned that uh, we're going to try to have Gooch on. I don't know what his schedule's like. He's a busy guy. Um, but we're going to try to have him on to talk a little bit of World Cup. Um, I know we're going to have some more uh, NFL. We, Sam and I, fully expect the NBA to be done uh, and into the offseason by the next time we talk. Of course, we'll see if, if LeBron and the Cavs have something to say about that. So, Sam, do you have anything else for us, man? No, just check us out on uh, on Twitter. Um, I'll let yeah. you give out some handles and uh, underdog sports. Yep, yep. So we're at TFS underscore Sean, TFS underscore Wally Balls. You can find us also online. We're at functionalsportsaholic.com. It's spelled just as you see in Apple or, you know, wherever the logo is on your podcast subscription there. Uh, also, speaking of subscription, make sure you subscribe to the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. There are a ton of shows on there. You know, the, the cool thing about the um, about the network is it's well-rounded. You don't just get, like, NBA and NFL. You get a lot of cool stuff. There's some UFC. There's some um, very specified um, – NBA stuff, there's team stuff, there's Major League Baseball, there's a ton of stuff. Check out all the uh, all the shows. It's, it'll be well worth your time. So I think we'll end it there. Sam and I will continue to follow all of the sports topics, and I'm sure we'll have a few more uh, stories that uh, you may or may not like. We'll, we'll try to rein it in a little bit, maybe not as much uh, tangent as today. I'll, I'll try not to have that second cup of coffee and get all, get all messed up. So, all right, everybody, be good. Thanks for listening. Be good. Be good.